Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the back again yet another episode of the jpp pod this week it's been a, it's been a full week with the final four going on the championship game of thrones happening i mean we're just firing them out firing on all cylinders what's up we got ljm pops with us yeah. what's up what's going on guys what's up Man, what's up we're doing a threefer we're doing a threefer this week I, i'm telling you and we're gonna give way too much content out there if you're not behind in the podcast this week we'll do it to you i'm just saying yeah. and that's what's crazy we're trying to make it hard and, and you know what <laughs> free of charge you get all this i know it seems like you should have to pay for this stuff but you don't it's all free we're just giving it <laughs> and out you can if you want i've yeah, got an could. email address i can give you yeah but. we can put an email address out <laughs> Yeah, I can I can put up my uh, PayPal or Venmo if, if you want to pay me. But uh, no, it's been a big week. And uh, I just want to real quick, anyone who hasn't got to the Game of Thrones and ha- can't get to all of it beforehand, none of it's like, I don't think you need to listen to it. And y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you need to listen to it right now before the episode. It's any time during the season when you get a little bored and you just got that itch for Game of Thrones because now we got to wait between each week. It's not like where you can just binge watch. So just yeah. dive into some of the theories, yeah. see how well, dumb our me, theories are and how right maybe Pops was or LJ What was. I would suggest is if you're really into Game of Thrones, go ahead and listen to it so you can see how stupid you think we are. And then once the series ends, then listen to it again and see how stupid you think we are now. And the answer <laughs> might not change. So <laughs> It might be the same answer for both. <laughs> But let's get into it. We did a lot of Game of Thrones, but last night, we're recording this on Tuesday. By the way, it's 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 Dirk Day. It's Dirk's final game as a Maverick. We'll get into that a little bit later. But first, I want to dive into a great championship game. How do you want to do this, Pops? You want to talk the championship game, and then we'll go back maybe a little to the Final Four, or do the Final Four, and then the championship? And we're just shooting from the hip here. I mean, yeah, we're shooting for the hip. I guess I'm kind of on the, the uh, championship game now, because that's the most recent memory, but... Uh... Well, I don't know. We have a lot to talk about in that Auburn Virginia game too. So, well, let's start with uh, what a what a great. Oh, did anything controversial happen? Uh, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> not really. You know, Gene, Gene Steratore. I will tell you what, Gene Ster- CBS got their money was money's worth with Gene Steratore this uh, the past three days. My man was having a lot of airtime, lots of camera time for Joe Gene. I mean, it's a storybook ending. Virginia wins their first ever championship. Uh, and it comes a year after losing to a 16 seed last year. Like they were kind of the, obviously the first ever school to lose to a 16 seed. I think it will eventually happen again, but for now, like they are the team, the team that lost to a 16 seed and basically the same guys. Cause all of them stuck around, uh, came back. There may have been some controversial things throughout the, the run, especially here towards the end. And we'll, we'll get into it, but 
what a big run. And uh, I'll just go to you, Dad. What what were your thoughts on the championship? It was a great game, in my opinion. Well, uh, you know, obviously you kind of go towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the, the first thing that appears that that really became apparent to me is Jarrett Culver. Really? Well, I, I just I didn't see it. I didn't see his skill in the four in the final four. I didn't really get to watch Texas Tech play and I didn't see what all the fuss was about uh, Culver. Um, I, I was impressed with Kyle Guy, uh, of, of course. Yeah. Uh, he he hit the – well, that I'm kind of getting confused between games. It was with Auburn where he got fouled and hit the three free throws, yep, right? stepped up to the line with like less than a second left and just money for three free throws, which I think could possibly get overlooked because people talk about like, oh, I don't want to – I want to see a game end on a big shot and not at the free throw line. But I'm telling you, the stones it takes to go to the free throw line down to – I know it's yeah. like – it's what you and dream about as down. a kid. Like you go, oh, they got fouled with 0.3 seconds left. But even when you're as a kid out on the driveway by yourself, usually like restart in your head like five times because you can't hit three in a row, even when you're yeah. just making the pressure up. And he actually was in a football stadium full of 70,000 people and the, the championships on the line. And he just stepped up there and drained all three. And I love pretty as you please. I loved how honest he was when uh, Tracy Wolfson asked him after the game. He was like, "I could lie to you and and knew I was going to step up there and knock them all down, but I was I was scared as hell. I was scared as hell." And, <laughs> I he, bet. and he did it. But and then that last, I thought the championship game last night was was pretty cool, just because it started out. I think everyone went into it like, "Oh, this is going to be a boring basketball game. It's going to be defensive and nothing happens." And it started out that way. It started out the first four minutes. Yeah, dude. No team could buy a bucket, and you started seeing it. Like, if you were on Twitter at all, you started seeing like all the people like, "Oh, here we go, here we go." And then both teams, and it was the reason I kind of thought they might hit the over is because at least if any team can be prepared for uh, bad defense or like a, a real defensive game and not like get overreact to it and start just chunking up shots. It's those two teams. Cause they practice against it. That's their way of playing. And they did, they both settled yeah. in and started hitting shots and it went down to the wire. Uh, Another guy, it was kind of the two names, Culver and DeAndre Hunter, both kind of disappointed people. They were DeAndre Hunter for Virginia, and they both had disappointed people in the game prior. You're right. And then yep. for the first half, and I will say with to your point about Culver, uh, he didn't have a great game, but it did show at the end there's some there's a little bit of an it to him as as DeAndre Hunter was getting big bucket after big bucket. And we'll talk about that three he hit that sent it to overtime, and then the three he hit in overtime from the same spot. But Culver at the end of the game did hit a few big buckets. It did look like he did. He doesn't he doesn't lack the the willingness to take that final shot. Now a few times I think in overtime he took a terrible three too early. But well, I, I do think I say, Culver probably lost a little bit of money. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as his draft stock, he'll still probably go top ten. And DeAndre Hunter went from is he a lottery, is he a ten, and now I think to, he might have been yes, top he five. Is. Well, I'll tell you who I was impressed with, and may have gotten themselves on an NBA roster is Matt Mooney. I thought Mooney was yeah. probably in in spurts was the best player on the court for Texas Tech. Definitely was in that um, Final Four game in the in the game. To well, get and him I there. noticed, you know, they start. Uh, is it uh, Mariota? They start Mariota at the point, but uh, they move. Uh, am I saying the name right? It's like 25, uh, number 25. Morietti or something. Morietti is the French Morietti. Yeah. So they start, yeah, Morietti. And he's a good uh, a good point guard, but then a lot of times in crunch time, they'll stick Mo- Mooney at the point guard. I mean, he can he's going to make the good pass. He, he's got a good shot. You know, I, I read up a little bit on him. He was very impressive as a mid-major. I think he went to South Dakota State or somewhere like that. Yeah, he was, he, was a, he was a grad transfer and came over to. Grad transfer, yeah, yeah. to Tech. Um, but, but, and then with Virginia too, something I was going to mention is boy, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter and, uh, Ty Jerome, 
I mean, they that's, each that's a three-headed monster right minutes there. Above. That's it. That's the three. And they, they each played 42, 44, and 45 minutes. I mean, Kyle Geis played every minute in the game. I, I thought it was a great really, game. Yeah, I'm really looking did. at it I now. I didn't realize he played every minute of the game, and then Hunter played 44 or two. Yeah, I didn't realize they played that much. It did seem – now that I think back, they were on the court basically the whole time I was watching. The whole time, yeah. Um, that Well, you yeah. shouted out to the Mooney, the point guard over at Tech, and I kind of – I just could not get enough of my man Ty Jerome, and he's one of those for Virginia. And he's a guy, like you said, I don't know – if he walks into if he if he walks into like the the combine or hell if he walks into your pickup he's kind of he is a little tall he's got six foot five or whatever but he's he's got that uh, the dad body you know nothing about him looks great he kind of you can actually see a little <laughs> belly kind of on hey. him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hey there's nothing wrong yeah. and you can you can just tell nothing about him screams like he doesn't get off the bus and you go oh boy there's a player but there's just something about the way he plays he take he hits big shots. He's always com- like comfortable on the court. He makes the right pass every time. That pass he made where he drove in, and it's I felt bad for Texas Tech because they crashed in on when he drove in to take – it looked like he was going to take the two. They were down three with a few – like 10 seconds left, and it looked like he was going to take the quick two and then foul, which a smart team like Virginia, you might think they would do and not rush a terrible three. And so Texas Tech crashed in like they do every defensive possession when they probably should have stayed home on Hunter. Right. It was Culver that crashed in, right. and Hunter hits – Speaking of Kyle, guys, uh, three or three free throws at the end of the Final Four game to, to step up and just nail that three. I mean, nothing but net. It took a bone, man. He was good. That was a good shot. But but Ty Jerome was smart. Oh you know, yeah, you're right. I think he was going for the layup, the quick two points. He saw the defense come to him, and and uh, Hunter's out there wide open. And boy, Hunter had time. Hunter had time. But luckily, he didn't overthink it. I mean, he he sized it up and shot in rhythm. Beautiful shot. Overtime. Well, it was perfect, and I think that's where you see a lot of guys uh, have issue. I think Hunter's biggest thing, and, and Culver too, they kind of make their mind up like, okay, here I'm shooting a three, and they'll shoot a three. Or here I'm driving, and they'll drive. Like, they already know what they're doing. Even when the defense plays it well, they've already decided I'm driving, and it's something you got to fix. Where Ty Jerome, he is so good at react. If the defense doesn't come, he would have probably hit that layup. And as soon as he saw him crash, he just mm-hmm. confidently still jumped up like he's going to do the layup and hit the corner. And you're right with Hunter. He he had he had enough time where you thought, oh God, don't overthink it. And he just got his feet set, lined up, and nailed that shot. And as Bill Raftery, I think, said, I know he would say, onions. He just knocked it down. <laughs> Bill Raftery, by the way, that man. I swear, I, for the offense office people out there, like Michael Scott talked about, you know, starting a sentence and not knowing where it's going to end. I think Raftery does that <laughs> every time someone hits a big shot. Like, there's just no telling where he's going with it. <laughs> he just starts going. Yeah, <laughs> he just goes. At one point, when Jerome hit that shot right before half, he was just like, "There he is, three seconds, a foot from Broadway." I mean, he's just saying random words, and I don't know why why he's putting them together. And you can hear Nance as they go to break. Just he's kind of, you can hear him giggling in the background. Where they're just like, there's nothing to you. Just gotta let Raf be Raf. But the game was awesome. He's got to be getting long in the tooth too, doesn't he? He's been out yeah, there. He's a been long doing time. it for a while. I think he coached like way back in the day and been announcing forever. He's been around for a while. But let's go. What did you think? I wanted to ask y'all's question on towards the end of the game. Uh, Moretti's dribbling down the court after Texas Tech gets a stop, and you see Moretti kind of stop, and Virginia hits the ball out of his hand. And it looks like it's out on Virginia. And then they replay it, show it really, really slow. And it kind of does look like it actually touches Moretti's pinky off when clearly it was, I don't know if it was DeAndre Hunter, one of the Virginia guys clearly smacked the ball out of their hand. And you saw a lot of people out uh, are, are upset about the replay and it looked like replay decided the game. I mean, I was, I'm, 
honestly, I was completely torn on it because I've always been among the mindset of, I want the right call. Let's do replay. Let's get the right call and let's the right team get the ball. But on those, I know I do it in slow motion. If we did it in slow motion right now and filmed it on our iPhone of me slapping the ball out of your hand and slowed it down frame by frame, it might touch your pinky out, but I'm the one who hit it out. What'd y'all think? I mean, did you like that that call or no? Did you see it, LJ? Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, that I've got an opinion. I just about. wanted to let somebody who knows more than me talk, but but I've definitely got <laughs> No, go ahead. Because well, I, I that mean, person's I not here, LJ. We don't have one of those people. <laughs> well, well, here, I'll say this real quick. Do, I mean, it went off It went off uh, Mariota. Moretti. I mean, that's it went off the Texas. Moretti, I'm sorry. I'll say that, <laughs> his name wrong, but it, I'm talking about number 25 Texas Tech. pinky, so. Marinara. I mean, I, you know, I, I heard Danny Cannell say something today that I really agreed with. He goes, I don't mind instant replay. And, and he, he even brought up the point that I think that happened at one, uh, uh, 159 or something instead of 201. If it was at 201, they couldn't have looked at it. But because it was less than yeah. two minutes, they got the chance to look at it, which seems unfair. If you want to use extra replay, I think you get 30 seconds. And if you can't make a change in 30 seconds, it's inconclusive. It goes with the call, call on the court. That's interesting, yeah. I, I think that maybe is how they should manage that. That is interesting. But it did go off his – I hated it. I, I wanted Texas Tech to get the ball to have the to have a shot. Because they but had a great defensive possession, got the, the right turnover, ball. and then they turned the ball over on an iffy call. LJ, what was your thoughts? Yeah, well, I don't know. My thoughts are that if you're going to have instant replay, then you got to get the call right, you know, and and I, I get the idea of like the flow of the game changes when you take like there's too many instant replays at the end of games of every sport that uses instant replay, and it really changes the flow of games. But definitely, you know, that's the thing is like if I would have if, if it would have bounced off his foot, you wouldn't have the argument. Well, he smacked it out. You know, it's um, it doesn't matter who intended it to go out of bounds. It matters who touched it last. That's the rule. So you got to get the rule right. That's the whole point of the damn thing. So it was the right call. If they don't want that, then they need to get rid of instant replay. But although dad brings up a good if it if it takes longer than 30 seconds, get out. I I do appreciate that idea and i'd like to think about that more but but that's my opinion well i i was torn i couldn't make my mind up and i think i finally just decided you know i've always been on the side of okay, let's get the right call and if it went out on texas tech it went out on texas tech and take the heart out of it and what you were hoping might happen and feeling bad for the kid and i think for me to say i wish it would have stayed texas tech i'm being hypocritical and so i think i'm with you dad regardless of how it happened if it looks weird i mean it the replay did look like it went off and ready i think they were right but I don't know. I don't know if uh, Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, is listening to us. He might be. I'm not really sure. But that Get I like that rule. Stuff. I like Danny Cannell's uh, pr- yeah. proposition of that yeah. 30 second rule. And I think the NFL could take that same thing. I mean, let's go, go back to the same catches thing. and everything. Same like, thing, you yeah. know. It, it kind of dumbs it down to where the people you've heard people say, like, just let's go to it. Let's pull 30 people at a random sports bar and just say, what you think? Was it a catch or not a catch? It's kind of like the replays, you know. Just let's let's not make it too complicated and do a three minute replay and. Maybe or maybe not. If you can't get it right after looking at all and the angles in 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Well, but there are times, though, that the- that uh, the instant replay where they take the time to get the right call actually adds to it for me. Like, uh, what was that? What was that? Uh, um, uh, Patriots play. It was uh, I've lost his name now. But the, the Edelman play. Yeah, the Edelman play. What was that? I can't remember. Exactly. It was that point where it looked like it was that it was that replay where you really like blew your mind where like every angle showed something different. Right. Right. Well, and that's what like, you know, I want them looking at that replay until they get the play right, because you can't just like make an educated guess at that point because there's no answer. You know, like, how do you decide you just you're going with a a gut call that doesn't have any backing. So if you're going to have instant replay, like I I do think like you take the time and get it right. I just I, I get the idea of maybe cutting instant replay like I used to think. 
that those baseball fans, those old fashioned baseball fans that didn't want instant replay in their game were stupid. And, uh, and now I get it. Like, I totally get why you would want that. But, um, but if you're going to have, well, it, get but it right. to your, to what you said, to what you said before though, I mean, after it sounds like you're, yeah, you're contradicting. Well, after that really play, good. I remember that Edelman play specifically. And I think you came on the pod and said that that was one of those like optical illusions. Like one angle mm-hmm. told you he didn't. And one angle told you he did. And so if it, Make your mind yes. up, like get, stand on one side, because I think we could watch that today and still go like you can I can hear an argument for maybe he touched it. Yeah, well, but that's the thing is like with that one, once you've looked at it from every single angle, you have to make the educated guess that he didn't because the thing that it touched in the last shot didn't touch in this shot. And so um, so I you, with enough time, you can know the answer with that one because there's 15 different angles. And and that's all I'm saying is like you've got to you've got to do your best to get the, the call right, no matter how long it takes or get rid of instant replay. Like, I don't, I don't know that I care about an in-between where you're just like, you might as well call it in real time. If you're going to have the, the 30 second rule, or I get maybe another alternative is somebody calls it from the booth. Um, and there's no interruption in the game. So if there's going to be an interruption in the game, then the replay doesn't matter. But if they can call it from the booth and say, no, it touched him, then, uh, then we move on or what? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like the idea of getting a call wrong with instant replay. It just seems absurd to me. Yeah. And before, before we move on to, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of that final four and maybe thoughts on Izzo and the Auburn game, of course, but I got to give a little shout out to, or not a, a big shout out to Texas tech. I mean, that it was a great run by them. Great season. And I was just dumbfounded by, and I mentioned this to you guys before we started recording, but like at 13 minutes left in the first half, like it was like six minutes into the game or something. Tech was down nine to three and could not buy a bucket. They couldn't make a field goal to save their life. And Jim Nance said, Tech is now facing their largest deficit of the tournament. And I was like, wait, wow. six points is their largest deficit? And I went back and looked. Besides playing uh, Montana State or whoever, that 14 seed they played in the first round, they played a six-seeded Buffalo, two-seed Michigan, one-seed Gonzaga, two-seed Michigan State, and they never faced a deficit of six or more. That is an incredible run to the championship. That's a pretty good run. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. I hope it doesn't, and it won't. I mean, they'll... It'll be hard for them to look back at this and go, man, it was a good year because they didn't win. I mean, there's only one team that's happy at the end of the year, but it was an incredible run by the Red Raiders, and yeah, I I enjoyed it. I did. But uh, did y'all notice when the tortilla got thrown out on the court? I heard about it. I saw him stop the game. I couldn't tell it what was, it was. It, it was, was a tortilla. tortilla. Do you know? Do you know the story behind Texas Tech and tortillas? No. But just in case it? anyone doesn't know, it's not just like a random guy was throwing a tortilla because he didn't have anything else to throw. So. It's more of a football tradition, but back in like, I think it was 1992, Texas Tech was hosting like a top 10 ranked uh, Texas A&M. And it was an ESPN announcer. I don't know who it was, but he was during the game at some point, he says, well, all they have down there in Lubbock is a tortilla factory and Red Raider football. (laughs) And so now, and some of the fans, now they hear that and they'll talk, it's it's like a big thing when you go to Lubbock, they'll toss tortillas around and it's just a thing. I thought it was hilarious. I did also find it funny. I, I can't remember who it was. I saw it retweeted around, but like a Texas Tech sports writer, someone who's like a beat writer in Lubbock, tweeted out. He was like, by the way, just for any anybody out there, never eat a tortilla you see thrown at a Texas Tech sporting event because they likely got into the stadium exactly how you think they got in. They were smuggled <laughs> in somewhere. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Uh. Um, 
On to the, the, the final four that we talked about, and you kind of referenced it a little bit earlier, Dad, with Kyle Guy hitting those three free throws. Um, what were your thoughts kind of – I guess it depends how you want to go. Do you want to go the double dribble first or the Kyle Guy foul? Like, what were your thoughts on the Kyle Guy foul? We'll start with that. Well, the, the Kyle Guy foul was a foul. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was there's no question about that. I mean, I hate that the kid fouled him, but he fouled him. He fouled him, and I think it, it affected the shot. When you get hit on the body like that while you're shooting, it affects the shot. He deserved to get three free throws. That's just the way it goes. And I would say that Bruce Pearl, I really respected what yes. he said. He goes, you know what? If, if it's a foul at minute one in the game, it's a foul at minute 39 in the game. It's it's a foul. If it's a foul, call it. And I thought Bruce Pearl really stood up and, mm-hmm. and, and took it on the chin like a man, and I was proud of him for yeah. doing that. Um, now, with that said, in fouls, another thing, and, and we'll get to that other point, but another thing that I noticed – did they not let the kids play? The referees, I'd like to see how many fouls were called overall in the Final Four because you saw at the end, of it wasn't at that game where they had fouls to give. Yeah. Remember, Auburn and uh, Virginia both had fouls to give to get to the bonus at one minute left in the game. And those are true pretty physical, what, number one and number two defense in the nation. And so there's just not many fouls called in the game. The referees were really letting them yeah. play out. Yeah, and I, I and I just think really stuck. I know out as me. as fans, a lot of times when you think about a guy fouling a three pointer, you think hitting the arm or hitting the elbow, and that really affects the shot, and that affects the shot a lot. But I just go out there and shoot and have nowhere to land or have someone hit your body. That's gonna affect the shot, I, and and it's a foul. It's just mm-hmm. like you said, yeah. a foul is a foul, a foul. And I, it just drove me crazy to see the people on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever going, well, don't I don't care if it's a foul. I get that, but don't call it at the end of the game. I don't want a game decided on three-pointers. I'm yeah, like, no, no, if it's a foul, no, it's a foul. No, yeah, it's a Agreed. foul. It's a foul, no matter when, no matter what. Now, LJ, I, it sounds like you're in agreement on that. Are you yeah, saying? 100%, it, yeah. I, I was actually impressed with the ref. You know, trust in your eyes. Call the call. Like, don't, don't swallow the whistle. And I, I thought – and he was right. Yeah. And then – but – what led to that was the play. Okay, bring yeah. it up. Oh, what yeah. led to that was the play where Ty Jerome inbounds, they inbound the ball to him, and there's, what, a few seconds left, four or five, and the ball, uh, he tries to go behind the back, and the ball clips off the back of his foot, and then he picks it up with both hands, and when he when he does that and then continues to dribble, that's now double dribble. That's double dribble. Uh what were your what were your thoughts on that, Pops? One, I, I want to say I want to give some props to Kenny Smith because I thought Kenny really explained it well. I mean, you you knew that Auburn had fouls to give. Right. And so you're looking for them to foul to get the clock stopped. And I know when the ball went back and he grabbed it with both hands, I knew something looked wrong, but I wouldn't I didn't know what it was. And he picked it up, started dribbling, they called the foul, and nobody noticed it. Nobody I didn't notice it at all. at all. Watching live, no clue. Didn't even I do remember mind. something looked wrong, but it didn't cross my mind and we went on. And I and and then they went back and I think it wasn't Kenny that somebody else showed it back. There was a foul by Auburn before, before. the double dribble. Before the double dribble, that wasn't called. So how far are you going to review it back? Now, uh, I, yeah. I know that we, we had the discussion about reviewing it back, and I do think maybe a time limit or something should be good. But I don't know. I just thought that one was understandable to me. I I, I mean, I, I it's not good. It's not right to miss a call. And if that call would have been made, probably the game's over and, and uh, Auburn wins the game. But – I guess I understood it, and I thought Bruce Pearl yeah. handled it well. And he said I had, we had other opportunities to win, and I, I just I was okay with it. And I don't I didn't have a dog in the fight. I mean, I really right. didn't care who won the game. So I just wanted a great game, and it and it was. 
So I was okay with the way it turned out. Now, it does seem Auburn got a little bit of the short end of the stick. Man, that's sports. That just happens sometimes. What do you you think, LJ? That's where I'm at. I mean, I I think I agree generally with what Dad said. I mean, anytime you can get a call right, like I want you to, and that was like, I don't care if you couldn't see it in real time. Like, that's still, like, you want to get that call right. But, like, the fact that they didn't is just that they didn't. And yeah, and the play went on. It's not like you like they can't go yeah. back and, like, now you let this stuff happen. You can't go all the yeah. way back, can you? I mean. Right. Right. It, was, it yeah. wasn't a dead ball. There was no reason to stop the clock because no foul was called. Um, <clears> I guess the antithesis of that would be an inadvertent whistle, which is horrible yeah. in and of itself. And we, yeah. and we always – I feel like we on this podcast, at least, and a lot of other people – when in doubt, we'd say in football, I feel like, don't blow the whistle. Don't be the person that blew the play dead when when you don't think so. And right. I will say the ref just screwed up. He should have made that call. It was an obvious call. If you know, like, I didn't see it, but I also am not the ref at a Final Four game. And it's a great ref, and he screwed up, and that sucks. <laughs> but I, if you missed it, you missed it. I just, I don't know what you do. And yeah. it does, as an Auburn fan, that sucks. But you're right, Dad. Also didn't call the foul right before it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. well, and it's a shitty way to lose, but... The- the foul that the Auburn guy did on Kyle Guy, you know, I hate it, but that was not a smart foul. I mean, that was that was just not, you know, and I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done the same thing, but you can't foul on that. You, no matter what, you get a hand up, but you can't jump. Hell, I mean, anybody could do it, but I just thought that was more, I guess what I'm saying is I thought the foul on Kyle Guy was more of a foul than the double dribble that tied Jerome did. Now, yeah. I, that may make no sense to anybody, but. That's how I felt. I, you know, just thinking about that, I don't know if I would have fouled because it looked like Jerome was going to take a just past half court, like a long three, because they didn't advance it way up. He was going to take a long three. I almost rather him take a long three where someone's running. I mean, he's going to be sprinting full speed than get that pass up to Kyle Guy or whoever. Because once they foul, now they advance the ball yeah. up and Kyle Guy, they ran that perfect play where Guy got at least a decent look. And yet, the guy that just hit a three in the opposite corner. We didn't even mention that Kyle just hit a three in that opposite corner. That was a huge bucket. Huge threat. Huge and then, three. So you foul and you let him set up again. And clearly Tony Bennett, I mean, he's a good coach. He drew up another great play. Guy got, it wasn't a great look, but it was a look. I mean, I would rather Ty Jerome shoot a, a shot full speed sprinting down the court than Kyle got yeah. catch and shoot, which is what the man has been doing for four years now. Yeah. Um, I, I got to give a shout out. Well, one one thing that irritated me a little bit, and uh, Brian Curtis f- pointed this out on Twitter. He's a, a, a writer, and he he pointed out that CBS, I felt like, dropped the ball. One, Gene Steratore did a great job noticing it and showing us, because a lot of times I think Steratore likes to, I mean, as a, as a former ref, he wants to tell you how good the refs did, but he noticed, oh, wow, they just missed an obvious double dribble, and uh, yeah. and he should have made that call. But they went to break in between for like 20, 45 seconds to do like a few ads. And they should have been explaining to us right then that they missed the call right away. I don't know why they had to squeeze in a few ads between there. Now, they probably made a ton of money off yeah. those ads because there's a lot of eyeballs on the screen. Sure. So I might be saying something different if I was getting paid. But, you know, <laughs> I just thought, I thought in, in general, Nance, Steratore, and all of them did that, called that really well. They showed you why that Auburn foul was a foul where the refs mm-hmm. missed a call, I and mean, they did everything right. And by doing that foul in between, I thought you didn't let them show how good they were doing. I I, I thought that was bad on CBS. Yeah. Then I got to give a shout out to old Chuck, because to make Chuck go back, he had to go on there right after losing, in my opinion, maybe the worst loss I've ever seen. And he has to go on there and talk about yeah. it and analyze it. That is, yeah. he even said a couple times, like, man, I feel like I'm about to cry. And I was thinking, 
man, I yeah. feel bad, and I don't have a dog in the fight. I could care less who won that game. Yeah. Well, and think if yeah. it's your school yeah, where you like, played. I mean, oh. Yeah. I he mean, gave yeah. a speech to the players right before the game telling them to get their championship because you might not ever get it because he never got a championship. And then to see him lose yeah. that way. Oh, my God, mm. that'd be tough. And he's got to talk about it. I and he literally can't imagine how he feels. <laughs> yeah. And he was and he was like, he just he didn't like dog the rest or anything. He's like, missed calls happen. It sucks. It's terrible. Should have been double dribble. It wasn't. I, and then he even admitted, I didn't notice it was a double dribble at the time. They, I didn't notice. So they went back. And so it's tough. I, it's a tough way to lose. I wanted to ask you guys. I actually did. A, I did a poll on Twitter about this and, and, and polled and see what some of the followers thought. But what's a what's a worse okay. way to lose that loss by Auburn? Or the Saints lost in the NFC, also a semifinal game in the NFC Championship game on the no-call pass interference to the Rams. Uh, I'll start with you, LJ. What do you think? What's the worst way? Uh, I think there's no question. I think I'd rather uh, be that Auburn team than that Saints team because you're going to be – I mean, you'll always be a player from that Auburn team that made the Final Four. But these Saints guys are doing their job, and and nobody's going to remember – I mean, they'll remember that play, but, like, you're not going to be – uh, resting on that story for the rest of your life, talking about how awesome it was to get there, to get to the NFC Championship game. Nobody cares. So I would much rather be – I think the heartbreak heals poorly either way, but you got more time in it if you're a 21-year-old kid at Auburn. And then if you're, also, then if you're Drew just, Brees uh, and Sean Payton, who you really may never get a chance yeah. to go to. Yeah, time's running out. Right, right. You know. Mother right. Nature's calling. And then compare that to uh, – Somebody making the final four, I mean, that's like if you meet somebody that made the final four, that makes your day. But uh, if you meet somebody that missed out on the Super Bowl, you're just like, well, that's a bummer. You know, like it's it's always cool to to meet a former final four player. I guess it's always cool to meet an NFL player, but I just feel like the meeting you would be if that was your highest claim to fame was losing in the final four versus losing in the NFC championship. One is awesome. The other one's like, Oh, bummer. Like it's disappointing. So that's my thought. Dad. Yeah. Dad, what do you think? I like, that's, I, I like what you're saying, LJ. I agree with that. Uh, obviously I would, and I'm going to agree with LJ in that the saints losing on that uh, non-called pass interference play was just, it was a blatant thing that was obviously missed. Uh, that mm-hmm. was obvious to everyone, even the guy that committed the foul. So yeah. uh, that Saints thing still rubs me the wrong way. That just yeah. was terrible. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think what I heard LJ leaning toward is it was a little bit more honorable the way Auburn lost in a sense, I guess. I don't. That's hard to say, but it was – the Saints' loss was tougher. The Saints' loss was well, tougher. and that's what the poll came out to be. It was it was kind of pretty clear, like seventy really? percent, I think Saints. And I just I disagree. I think that yeah. Auburn loss is so tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, one one the Saints guys, you know what? They got paid for their game. Those hey, Auburn kids didn't get paid. You a got dime. a good point. You got a good point. Well, allegedly. And, and they came back and they had it. They had the, they 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 came back from thundered back and got back the lead and were on their way. They were going to win it for Chumo. There was a big thing winning it for Okiki. Mm-hmm. Even like you saw the Auburn player go to the line early, right before yeah. that, hit the two free throws. Yeah, wasn't that great? A, yeah, he wasn't that great a free yeah, throw. He shooter, went up. Macklemore went to the line and he's a sixty percent free throw shooter. And in my head, I'm like, oh man. And they were in the bonus, like the it wasn't the double bonus yet, yeah. so missed one and so one it, and one. And he walks up there and he was mouthing something. I was like, what is he mouthing? Because I always like to look at their eyes, kind of what, what I watch their expression to see like how confident. Because sometimes you could tell what a guy's like, oh, I yeah. don't want to be the person <laughs> to shoot these free throws. Right. And he walked up there and he looked so confident. And he was saying, do it for Chumo. Do it for Chumo. Yeah. Do it for Chumo. And then he walked and just nailed oh, both cool. of them, ice in his veins. Cool. Yeah. And then to see him lose yeah. like that, I was just like, oh, that's tough. Now, 
to your point, both of y'all's point, the difference in the in the two plays are Auburn should have been double dribble, but they still fouled and they still had another play. The guy still fouled the yeah. three point shot. They still had a chance to redeem themselves. Where the Saints, that no call was on fourth down, if I'm if I, I remember so, right. Yeah. And the game was that basically ended the game. They didn't even have a shot to redeem themselves. So that stuff, but I just thought the Auburn one's tough. And these kids are college kids. They might like a lot of those guys are in the NFL. They're one, they are getting paid, and two, I guess some of them may never work again. Some of them might not ever see another team. Yeah. But like some of these kids are seniors. They're done. This is it. Yeah. It's over. So I, I leaned to Auburn, but I, I get both sides to it. That either way, tough ways to lose. Yeah. I just felt so yeah, bad. For, for sure. The kids. For sure. It is a bummer. Um, Dad, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on old Mr. March, uh, Tom Izzo. He's now made eight Final Fours, which is fifth, I believe that's fifth all time. In all, of all coaches, as much as as far as the most Final Fours ever made, but he's only won one title, and he's three and seven with six losses coming in the semifinal before even reaching the championship. Uh, tough loss for old Izzo. And then I, there was a quote from Tom Izzo after the game where it was just so brutal and so honest. He was just like, he said, "quote We didn't get it done, and I feel like I'm part of that issue. You put on your big boy pants, and you say you've been here eight times, and you've won one. Oh, I yeah. felt so bad. I was like, Golly, he's gotten so close and just yeah. can't seem to pull it out." I do too. I I really like Tom Izzo. I mean, I just, you know, really like the guy. I have a lot of respect for him, but he's right. And I think he got, as well as he outcoached, well, I mean, at least on a couple plays that we identified uh, Duke Duke and Mike Krzyzewski uh, at the end of that game, he got outcoached by Chris Beard. Chris Beard took Cassius Winston out of the game. Now, he actually scored a few more points. He scored 16 points that I – His shooting percent, I think he shot – he did it on 16 shots. He was like six from 16 from the field. He he just – he didn't – and that was that defense of Texas Tech, and that was Chris Beard. I mean, they took – they're the they cut the head off the snake and it and and Izzo had no answer he had no answer for it yep and I just think it's happened enough that I think he's a great guy his kids love him um he's an above average coach and probably deserves to be in the hall of fame because of his longevity but he's he's not on the same level as some of these coaches, I don't think, from an X's and O standpoint. Above, he got coached by Chris Beard. Say, saying he's an above average head coach, I think, kind of sells him a little short. I mean, he's he's a good, well, he's a very good head coach. He just, but you're right. I also said he's a Hall of Fame. So he's an above average coach who's also a Hall of <laughs> Fame. Thin so. line right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think when it's all said and done, like looking at the list right now, he's fifth among all coaches, not just active, all coaches in final four appearances with Coach K's one with 12, Wooden is tied with K at 12, and then it's Dean Smith at 11, Roy Williams at nine, and then there's Izzo at eight. So I think if he were to hang up, hang it up today, he'll look back and go, it was a good career, but boy, it's going to, it's always going to be, he's always going to feel like he left some on the table. He left a little meat on the bone because he just should have won. He did. At least two, you would think. LJ, what do you think? I mean, it's just going to hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree completely that if, you know, if you if you get unlucky all the time, then you got to look at yourself. I mean, even if it's truly you're getting unlucky, you still – the only thing you can fix is yourself. So he's got to look at himself and figure out what the problem is. And well, and- Maybe it's not him, but he's got to try. Well, and that's why I did love, uh, that quote. Like, kind of, it hurt me a little bit to see, but it's the dad. Dad's right. You're yeah. right. At some point, you kind of got to look in the mirror and be like, these kids, they're they're four years at most, and they're done. They come and go. But he has been there yeah. eight times, and he has lost seven of eight. Yeah. Or seven of eight, he hasn't won yeah. the championship. At some point, you got to go. I'm I must be getting out well, well, somewhere. Hey, what LJ said. Well, when you're unlucky all the time, you need to look in the mirror. Yeah. I, that that that's yeah. good, LJ, and that's very true. 
Well, very crazy. One of my favorite quotes is, "If it smells like shit everywhere you go, check the bottom of your shoe." Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so yep. Speaking of guys that just barely lost, we've touched on a lot of people that have barely lost. That 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 reminds me of the JPP bracket challenge. LJ, you just narrowly narrowly lost, right? Where where did you end up? In the JP. Yeah, so um, I was uh, I was only ninety nine points off of first place. <laughs> um, so um, you know, next year I've, I've just gotta I gotta buck up. I gotta look I gotta look into myself and figure out uh, where I went wrong to just miss those ninety nine points. And uh, well, I'll come back just don't let that better. drunk asshole near your bracket next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we already well, then that bracket doesn't get turned in. <laughs> <laughs> no, we already decided what you got to do. Let's let's talk about the the real people we need to touch on and that's the winners we you need to go to the, the greens house we've had uncle tony on oh my god but boy his uh yeah. jacob who we'll have on eventually now that he's won jacob just just rattle off the top five for us there l all right so the top five uh is jacob's number one bracket number two is jacob's number two or number three bracket then there's ryan shout out then to there's ryan. uh the old bone hammer tony green uncle and tony. Then number five is jacob's number two bracket <laughs> So, um, when you're going three for five in the top five, that's a, that's a pretty good run. As well, an and, and, and Sydney green, Sydney green's right over there at nine. She's in the top 10 too. The greens are just money yep. this year. I wish I, I would have been talking, <laughs> talking to all yeah. the greens. They're 50, 50 on the top 10. It's just unbelievable. That ratio. Yeah. Well, doesn't even make hey, sense. every, everybody, but Jacob's going to take home the same as we did nothing. So, that's, <laughs> you know, hell, I wish we could get a look at a, I wish we could get a, we didn't even get all the greens. Did we dad? There's still a green that we didn't see their bracket. <laughs> yeah. There's one more green. If, you had, if Sarah would have got in, I mean, it would have been like 70% in the top. Big shout out though to, to Jason for uh, just being uh, not calling Virginia. That's the only thing you did wrong. So uh, um, you were right up there too. Uh, that was close. That was a good good tournament. Yeah, I will say, though, yeah. I, it does help to have the champion, right? I didn't want to look at this, actually, because I thought I was going to be, like, way below, but I guess you just get a lot of points for having uh, – the only thing I think I had right in my entire bracket was Virginia, and it got me to seven somehow, but the rest of it was – I lit it on fire a long time ago, so I can't actually look and see what it looks like. But, uh, Dad, where, where did you um, – fall in in the bracket i don't see your name up here boy i noticed you had to bring you up and uh <laughs> i figure well we, we well, mentioned lj you know mentioned me i figure we, we see where I, dad ended up okay where Pops is at. Uh, let me look i'm looking down here yeah, at keep the scrolling down number uh 33 in, my, in, <laughs> in mine so yeah 39 in the, in the big bracket yeah. in the big yeah, boys bracket so 39 so you did well, crack I, you I, did crack the top 40 there's that um, I also want to, one more person I wanted to, to inform the people on is the voice of the podcast, uh, Hannah, my beautiful wife. She didn't want me to sit at the bottom all alone. She's keeping me company down in <laughs> 49th place. So um, that's just really sweet of her. I know that she did that for me and that just, that really makes me happy. So <laughs> that, that is very, very sweet of her. <laughs> that is indeed. What a woman. Yeah. So uh, touch on the thing. We'll, we have a little, uh, uh, we'll get to what we're listening to in just a second, but touching on the theme, we've been a, a real basketball heavy pod. I do got to give a little mention out to. I'm wearing the jersey tonight as we record. We're recording this on Tuesday <laughs> night. It, it's it's Dirk. We don't know for sure, but I think it's Dirk's final game in Dallas's and American Airlines Center. Uh, I watched the intro right before we started recording. Man, it, it's tough. It's it's tough seeing Dirk maybe hang him up. I mean, my whole life he's been a Maverick for 21 years now. 
I've only been alive yeah. for 25. I mean, since I can remember, that dude's been hitting the fadeaway. I'm going to miss seeing Dirk out there. It is time for him to go watch yeah. him run. Uh, he probably ought to <laughs> call it a quit soon. I know we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, one thing I think you'll probably never see again is he has the record now. He broke – Kobe had the record for 20 years with one team. Uh, Dirk's now the longest with 21 years with one team. I bet – I bet we never see that record broken with the way the league moves around. Well, it'd be uh, hard to. It'd be hard to. Yeah. Dad, I know yeah, you've watched a lot of Dirk in your time. What, what What's your thoughts as, as Dirk's kind of getting ready to wrap up his career? Well, you know, we talked about it a little bit before, but, but Dirk certainly changed the game. I think Dirk has a, a huge part in how the game is played today with no the big guys hitting that outside shot, stretching the, stretching the floor. And, and, and he, he's just been an ambassador of the game. Uh, he, he was one of the, one of I don't know if he was the first. I'm trying to remember now, but one of the first international players that really found a home uh, that that you know the United States, the American people, really were drawn to. Especially him. one just, of the European guys. Just, yeah, and just a great, great guy, ambassador to the game. I hope he's around for a long time, and I hope yeah. he stays in Dallas. Just, just a great ball player, great guy. I don't know. I could probably keep talking until I got misty-eyed a little bit if I wanted to. I sure like him yeah. and uh, hope he's around for a long time. It was really cool. Uh, one thing I'll never – I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Dad. I could rattle off uh, Dirk moments till till I'm blue in the face, but I'll never forget that 2011 championship run. And he'll never forget – I mean, that, that changed the way Dirk's looked at it. If he doesn't win that title, he's just like, oh, a good guy, but never could get it done. And now he's a champion yeah. and a good guy. And that run, whether it's the – the late beating the Lakers, sweeping them 4-0, or whether it's that game against the Thunder where he beat Harden, Westbrook, and Durant and scored 48 and went 12 from 15 from the field and like 24 from 24 from the free throw line, or beating the the, the Heatles, the Miami Heat in the first year where LeBron, Wade, and Bosh all teamed up. That was just I've there's been a lot of nights where I didn't have anything to do on a Saturday night or Wednesday night, and I watched a little rendition of the Dallas Mavericks 2011 championship run. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to miss Dirk. It was a good, good career. Uh, I had I thought it was really cool seeing JJ Barea and Devin Harris were both there. They're still on the roster, and so today yeah. before the game, tonight before the game, they both had some thoughts where they just talked about Dirk as a player, a human, a friend, a mentor. Yeah. Even. And uh, Barea Barea came up, and if if you remember those, those 2011 years, Barea had a great. He was a big part of that. I mean, little bitty guy, but yeah, had a huge was. factor in the in that championship run, and he was. His Probably first, the best he ever played in his career. Yeah, his yeah, first day just, in, the, right. in his Puerto Rican accent just popped on and was <laughs> like, well, it was a good thing. I, I'm just happy I was able to get Dirk a ring. I was happy I was able to carry him <laughs> to a championship. And it was just so Berea, so on point. I mean, it was awesome. One That's day great. someone will write the story about, I think, the Dirk and the Mavericks where they changed the game. You're right, Dad. I mean, they just totally changed the game. Where bit Now, it, it's interesting. If we put Dirk, if he started his career – today and or started it in 2014 or something when we started really shooting threes i don't know if he has the same i think he has a good career because you see he probably shoots instead of shoot like at one point avery johnson wouldn't let him shoot threes and now i bet he would shoot nine to ten threes a game and he probably would have more points and have a better average or something but i don't know if he would actually have as good of a career because he dominated a lot of his career was big guys just didn't know how to handle him they could he took them outside they didn't know what to do and nowadays there's guys like Durant out there. I mean, all these guys, he changed it to where if you're 6'10", your coach doesn't just say, go go get on the block. Just go sit on the block, and that's the only place you need to be because you're big. And now, right. go get you a shot. Get you a handle. I mean, do a little bit. Have a fadeaway. And I think yeah, he's still, obviously, I think he's successful wherever you drop him, but he changed the game. And I 
he's probably not the best international player because what Hakeem would be probably the best international player, right, Dad? Yeah, yeah. But but Dirk's, Dirk's I think Dirk's, Dirk's probably in the starting five. Yeah. Dirk's in the starting five for sure. His career is great. And then we'll post this to show notes. A guy who I would say I've always rooted for Dwayne Wade. He's also uh, ended, wrapping up his career. I would say I've always rooted for him, but really I haven't. I had to get over that 06 finals when he <laughs> beat my man Dirk. Yeah. But oh, man. as far like the same thing we say with Dirk about being a great human being and what he's done for Dallas, D Wade has done that tenfold also with Miami. And I think he's been awesome for them. And there's a video, we'll post it out there where I think it was Budweiser, actually. Of course it's sponsored, but Budweiser made the video and it's like a rendition of five different people who came in. They they D Wade's done jersey swaps with basically every guy in the NBA, I think, at this point now. And they did a thing where these people didn't do a jersey swap. They swapped different items. And it was a girl who says that D Wade's scholarship got her into school when she wasn't going to have a chance. And then another person who said D Wade met with her brother and her brother actually passed away recently. And it was it was touching. I'm not going to lie. You got to watch it. That's how to watch it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. A tear, it's, a tear really cool. may or may not have. I don't know if a tear dropped down my cheek or if someone splashed something, but there, there was some water around. I know, and it was, it was a cool video. And yeah. the game's gonna miss both of those guys. Both of those guys were good for basketball for sure. That's true. All right, we always touch on a little what we're listening to as we wrap up the pod, and and this week I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts because I. It's just one song that I've been listening to. Well, I guess two because there's a remix to it too. But my gosh, the Old Town Road. I sent it to you. Got Old Town Road by Lil Nas X, and then the remix featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. And they are just bangers. Have you guys listened to them? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. only at your uh, suggestion. I mean, I, I, I just. Otherwise. I mean, it's blowing up all over Twitter and stuff, and I just can't get enough of it. The interesting thing I wanted to bring up and. uh for anyone who's not aware of the songs, and if you have it, we'll post them out there on the show notes. They're, they're just you'll find yourself just kind of humming along to it and singing it more often songs, than you realize. Honestly. But uh, it, yeah, it really is. The, fun, hey, funny story. Yeah. So, LG, Kevin, you said to listen to it, so I put it on my Spotify, and then I had to go do a few things. And it was just repeating, and I was driving, so I could never change it. So I heard it like eight times in a row. That's how Kevin's but, been listening to but, it. But, and honestly, it was good though. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was it's it's a good yeah. song. It's it's worth listening to, and the the breaking of genres that it does that I'm sure you're going to get into is fascinating. Well, and that's exact uh, perfect uh, build up to. So the song debuted at number 19 on the Billboard's Hot Country Songs because I mean it it's a uh, He's wearing a cowboy hat and talks about having his horses in the back and he's going down Old Town Road into, into the rodeo and everything. And it debuted at number 19 on the Billboard's Hot Country Songs charts early last month. And then they pulled it off on the week of March 23rd. And, and apparently a Billboard representative told, told the Rolling Stone that Old Town Road, while it incorporates references to country and cowboy imagery, it does not embrace enough elements of today's country genre music to chart in its current version so they took it completely off because they couldn't have little nas x with with a uh a, a, a rap i guess rap beat to it behind it and then uh all it did and if they wanted this to go away if they wanted little nas x and old town road to go away they didn't do the right thing because all they did yep. was stoke the fire yep. and and then some people claimed there was some uh racist undertones and i don't we, we may get into that but then other people like it, it brought uh florida georgia lines drummer shouted out on on twitter talking about how he can't stop listening to it justin bieber shouted out and then oh mr achy breaky heart himself billy ray cyrus reached out on twitter 
and tweeted out to Little Nas X saying, when I got thrown off the charts, Waylon Jennings said to me, take this as a compliment. It means you're doing something great. Only outlaws get outlawed. Welcome to the club. And then jumped on a feature. And I'm just going to say, Billy Ray Cyrus may have dropped the best verse of 2019. That thing is awesome. (laughs) It's good, but okay. That's... And now... Now it's jumped up. the The remix has jumped up and it's killing. It. It's number one on Billboard Hot 100, and is if you get on social media, it's like every other post. Yeah. So, uh, what what do you think, LJ? It definitely is breaking some genres. It's confusing some people. I I don't think it breaks any genres. It's just trap music. I I like the song a lot, but I don't understand why it was on the country charts to begin with. To be completely honest with you, like what is country about that song besides? subject matter that kind of sounds like he's making fun of it in the first place to my ears well i mean what is country a sound or a, or is it the subject of the song i guess i guess is the yeah question. what makes any song country music because country music today and country music back when my mm-hmm. dad was listening to it well and i will say same. he would say country music today yeah. is rock well i would you know i would definitely would say, say that uh country music is is absolutely pop these days and the fact that they're trying to separate the two is a little bit silly because it's completely their fault when they started fawning over uh you know the likes of garth brooks shania twain faith hill it went from being its own genre to just being whatever was popular and also had a southern accent and so that's what defines country nowadays which i think is stupid um but country music as an institution is the one to blame for this and so they're the ones that you know are are to blame for the controversy that they're stirring up um over somebody doing exactly what uh What's that? Uh, that Florida Georgia line and like what's her name? Uh, Bebby Rexy or something like that. Bebby Rexa. Yeah, or yeah Rexa. Like, how's that a country New song? That's not a country song singer. either. I mean, it's it's all pop these days. Florida Georgia line is a pop band with southern ac- accents. Um, so you know that's that's what they they have caused this problem on themselves. But on the other hand. I do feel like there is like a litmus test for me for country that when you hear country, you know it like it's and and if you would have told me like, hey, I've got this country song to play for you. And he played uh, older or what's Old Town Road or Old Town, you Road, played Old yeah. Town Road for me. I would have, you know, been very confused as why that song was the one that you picked out of all of the country genre. You know what I mean? Like if, if I'm sound designing a show and something's set in a, a country locale and I play that song, then people are going to be taken out of the moment. No question. I, I just thought it, it does, it, mm. it bars an interesting, it, it does bear the interesting question of what is, is country a sound or is it a subject? Dad, it looks like you have a thought. Uh, I'll just. Well, because I wanted to say this to what LJ was saying. It was Billboard that took it off the yeah. country music chart. So right. it's not country music as a genre. It's Billboard that took it off. And so my question is to you, why did Billboard put it on? I mean, does does Billboard, are they the the all-defining society that decides what should be on the country chart as opposed to the pop chart, as opposed to the rock chart? Well, they're their I charts. Mean, well, but I mean, do, do, they, do they say, okay, you look like a country music fan. What are you listening to? Oh, then that must be country. I mean, how do they decide? It, I, I could be wrong, but I think the way that it's mostly done now is whatever genre you put next to it in, say, iTunes or, uh, you know, a CD catalog or whatever, um, that is what it goes under initially. And then it's so the basically, so the so it's basically automatic up until uh, somebody listens to it, which in this case must have been a month later or so when they decided this doesn't fit the genre, which I, I don't totally disagree with them. You know, I don't think that they're wrong. I think it, it should be in the Hot 100 and I think it should be one of the bigger songs. But um, but yeah, I think it was an automatic thing that Billboard, yes, they get to decide what goes on the country uh, Top 100. Well, I just think as a society, we're, we're getting more... Uh, ethnically mixed 
And so sure. I think our music is getting more mixed. I just think as a people, you're going to be become more, you know, less about straight bloodlines and and whatever. And and music is going the same way. It's just like I like I like Old Town Road. I like sure. uh, some some Pat it's Green. Gonna, it, I it's like some get Johnny Horton. Your, I like some Waylon Jennings. It'll get thrown you know, on your playlist uh, that plays at the river, maybe. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I like some Tupac. So, I mean, I like, I like music and, 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 and yeah, I do kind of segregate them into country and all that. And, and I will be honest, I have trouble exactly placing this one because it has some elements that are very country, you know, that's first strumming of the guitar or whatever, you know, that, that it is that it starts out within that, that baseline and percussion drops. And it's more <laughs> like a, you know, a rap kind of uh, beat, but I, I love the music and it, hell, I, I'm going to, probably buy it. I don't know what I would call it, but I like the music. It will be on my playlist. Absolutely. But that's the thing. I think that there has to be a categorization for there to be categorized lists that are the country 100. Um, I, I think yeah. that there is, it, there is, everybody should like music that is crossing genres. Like crossing genres music is like my favorite music. Me too. Um, anytime you're, you're left trying to figure out how to describe this song, uh, my what I'm listening to uh, is is something that kind of falls on this list for me. And I think that that's just that's the most pure fun part of music is when we're not just trying to stick to the script of what our genre is. Agreed. However, yeah. um, if you're I mean, categories are important if you're putting out categorized lists. And if you put out the the country list and somebody just misnamed themselves, I mean, you know, w- why don't we just start calling uh, Lil Wayne the, the best jazz artist of all time? like the most high selling jazz artist of all time because his music had a little bit of a jazzy center to it. He's from new Orleans. Um, I mean, it's just because something is defined by somebody a certain way. doesn't mean that that's the right way to categorize. I mean, this is, this is the sandwich conversation, right? This is, is a hot dog. A sandwich. Yeah. Yes, and that so is exactly what it is. There's a reason that I asked that question, not because it actually matters, but like, um, if you're going to, if you're going to have categories, you might as well try to define them one way or another, try to define what is country music and country music neglected to do that for 30 years. And now we're here and they're pissed off that their genre is not defined anymore. And that's their problem. And it's okay. Cause the people win, we get to listen to good music regardless of what's on the billboard 100. Um, but, but they made that bed. They get to lie in it. Well, I remember way back in the day, LJ, and I think it was as much me and you as it was all three of us, but we started talking about different genres and we had the NG2 genre, which was yeah. the no genre genre. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I would probably put Old Town Road in the no genre genre yeah. uh, music. But nevertheless, it'll be on my playlist because yeah. it's great. It's yeah, great put, I don't care where it gets put on the, the billboards uh, category. I just know one thing. I'm going to take my horse to Old Town Road and I'm going to ride until I can't <laughs> no more. And that's going to be played in the headphones. But uh, that, So that's my what, what I've been listening to. I just can't get enough of it. It's just a banger. Yeah. But LJ, what you, you kind of uh, teased us to your what we're listening to. What, what, are you, what have you been playing lately? Well, uh, it, it actually stems from a Cadillac commercial. I watched I watched a Cadillac commercial, and it reminded me of uh, uh, Childish Gambino's "Awaken My Love" album. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Is, uh, me and uh, me and your mama. And yeah. man, first off, that album's great. Like, if you haven't listened to it, it's got a little something for everybody. I honestly believe. But that one song, I mean, you can just listen to the one song because it starts off. It's like uh, if Dr. Dre in the nineties got a hold of like lo-fi hip hop on YouTube or something like that, learned how to write that music. And then it turns into like a seventies rock prog rock opera sound. Like, it's it's wild. just such a, it's a ride. Super cool song. And, uh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's fantastic. And then the next song is like a little bit Motown. It's, it's just really cool. It's, 
It's, you're, it's you're genius. So it's right. genre and, jumping. And every time that commercial comes on, it was. I, I just think I need to go listen to that album again. I have to go yeah. listen to it again. Cause it's so. It's such I, like, a. Yeah, I listened to good. it like four times in the last week because of that commercial. <laughs> every time it comes on, it's like, well, if I've got nothing to listen to, I listen to that song again, and then just follow it with the rest of the album. So yeah. Yeah, All it's about definitely it. if you hadn't if you hadn't given a listen to it's 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 different it is wild but yeah. I, I think it's a fun wild ride it is it is good yeah there are some weird songs on there like i'm not saying that whole album's for everybody but there's something on it for you no I you might hit the skip every now and then but you'll find i, I if you don't find at least one song that you kind of like then i i would be shocked so yeah my boy ludwin gorgson <laughs> bang pops what about you what, what have you been um well this is gonna probably be weird and I, I just brought it up but really what i listened to most this week was tupac all eyes on me i've been really kind of jamming on <laughs> yes, some old sir. tupac i am mad at you i just i yeah, got no love, love for you, you. <laughs> do you think boy <laughs> i mean that's what i've been listening to a little tupac good all choice. eyes on me i'll put some of that on there good choice <laughs> cannot go wrong with that that's some good stuff no okay did you do your homework um i don't know we gave you homework a week ago do you remember it I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if I did. I, I forgot <laughs> the homework. You were supposed to listen to Tenacious D's first album. Oh, no. I have. Well, what happened was Little Nas X took over my entire music <laughs> listening world, and I haven't had, I'm like, oh, Dad, it's just quick, been on repeat. Can I, can I go back on Little Nas X for just a second? That, that kid's got to change his name. That is, like, he's, he's not going to make it with Little Nas X because there's already a big Nas, and uh, he's not him. So... Well, the the problem is, is I he so like if you read a little bit on his background, I, he wasn't gonna be a musician. He he started making right. just funny videos, and then kind of someone was like, "You need to do that. That's a fun song." So he put the Old Town Road on SoundCloud, and then it got big off like TikTok videos, which is kind of like Vine used to be. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden it blew up, and then this happened where Billboard, and so now he might be a musician. I think he was just joking around with this, and all of a sudden now he's somebody, and now he's all over the place. I think he just turned twenty like three days ago. Yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah, but uh, maybe, maybe really think about cool. the name. Maybe think about we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's the other thing is uh, he needs to maybe establish himself with one more song and then change the name because uh, <laughs> people are going to forget who he was if he changes his name right now. But uh, yeah. if if we can say, oh, that was Lil Nas X back in the day, then it's a lot easier. So, but he doesn't need to. Um, the artist formerly known as Lil yeah, Nas X. Right, right. Speaking um, of, of art, artists. Yeah, I'll get on my homework. I will do that for next week, I promise. But speaking of artists formerly known, did you guys see that uh, Johnny Manziel is no longer going by Johnny? He's going by John. He, wow, he was, how mature. He was, on, he was on the Dan Patrick show wow. last week. And and they were He's like... grown up all Yeah, they said they, they put up a super. They're like, all right, now we welcome on Johnny Manziel. And he was like, well, actually, Dan, I need to, need to stop you. I'm going by John now. And so like... The little, the lower, the lower part on the screen that says his name says Johnny Manziel, former whatever, whatever. <laughs> he, they like took it down real fast, fast, and the Danettes fixed it and put John Manziel. It was funny, but yeah, artist That's formerly funny. known as Johnny. But uh, oh man, give me a break. <laughs> whatever. That reminds me, the AAFL went down, right? So Ooh, went down in flames, yeah. and that that yeah. gets worse and worse the more you hear about it. Like they just yeah. kind of screwed yeah. the players over. And yeah, would you rather be an owner of the AAFL or a general manager for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't know. Oh, well, now that you brought <laughs> it up, can I, can I just mention what the hell is Antonio Brown doing? I don't know. I just I saw somebody he, say, "What did he do?" I heard, but I didn't hear exactly what he did. What the hell did he do now? So to set it up a little bit, Dad, someone I don't know if someone tagged him in the tweet or replied to a tweet of his, but somehow there was a tweet that he was in, and it was showing the graphic that the Steelers made of Juju Smith-Schuster as the 
2018-2019 team MVP. And he he like replied to that tweet and put like, no one or people always forget, blah, blah, blah. He's the one that fumbled our season away in week 16 because Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> fumbled the ball against the Saints, which pretty much put it to where they were out of the playoffs. They had to win or go home in week 17. Antonio Brown said yeah, that. That's what he, he said. said. Remember, it. this is the guy that fumbled and the season. And all Smith-Schuster has done is talk about how he's happy for Antonio Brown and all this yeah. stuff. And then Smith-Schuster like, kind of just tweeted out. I was like, wow, I don't really know what to say. I'm happy you got the situation resolved and you got your big contract, and I, I really don't have any hard feelings. And then yeah. – he, he did take a little bit of shot, just kind of really didn't take a shot. He just took the high road. And then so Antonio's response to uh, Schuster taking the high road was he put it, took a screenshot and put it on uh, Instagram of Smith Schuster back when he was an 18-year-old at USC. And he yeah. direct messaged him on Instagram and was just like, hey, man, I'm just a 19-year-old from Southern California at USC. And I was just wondering like, if you had any tips or, or tricks to how, how to better my game. I'm, I want to make it. I want to be like you. and. Antonio Brown, I think he put that screenshot out, I think, to try to take throw shade at Smith Schuster, but yeah. all it did was make JJ Smith Schuster seem like an awesome dude. Like Yeah. And make yeah. Antonio Brown seem like an the guy that you want to be like, like. Just a confusing yeah. person. Yeah, it makes him look yeah. like a, a Antonio Brown makes him look like a yeah. dick. There has just, to be some uh some general or the general manager for the Steelers probably deserves a medal for keeping the, all of this under wrap. Like this has always been bubbling under. Like how did we not know that this is who Antonio Brown was for so many years? Well, it's funny. Like I got to give some, I, I I go back Ryan Clark, like four years ago, maybe three years ago came on. It was either Rosillo show or on ESPN, but he just kind of said, he just kind of said like, you know, Antonio Brown has you guys all full. There's a different Antonio Brown behind the closed doors that you don't know. And everyone, like everyone got mad at Ryan Clark, even former players were like, Oh, as a former player yourself, you shouldn't talk about what goes on behind closed doors and blah, blah, blah. Well, Ryan Clark, it looks like he was totally right because yeah. Antonio Brown seems like an asshole. I mean, he just seems like a, a dick. And yeah. I don't understand it. Like Smith Schuster, uh, all this has done is made Smith Schuster look great. Antonio Brown look bad. And actually, somehow, I didn't think this was possible. It made Big Ben look better. I, yeah. There's a lot about Big Ben that I don't <laughs> yeah. like. And I think he could be yeah. a, kind of a prick. And But he seems like. I, I understand why you might not have liked Antonio Brown. There's a reason for yeah. it. So yeah, you're right, LJ. Mike yeah. Tomlin. Not only does he not deserve to be fired, I think he deserves a raise for somehow keeping that fire tamed at least for the last four or five. Kevin years. Colbert too. Oh. Kevin Colbert yeah. somehow kept this all under wraps until it blew up in everybody's face. But yeah, they've been working hard. Now I understand why the Steelers bit the bullet and took that cap hit to get rid of Antonio yeah. Brown because I think at yeah. some point you just got to get that blonde mustache out of the locker room. So. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize when I yeah, I agree. I've I've kind of changed my opinions a little bit. I still think Roethlisberger is overrated, but like I'm way less harsh about <laughs> anything that's gone on in Pittsburgh for the last ten years. Okay, all right, Tony. Now you got to calm down. I know Tony was listening to this thinking, "Oh, I got LJ to flip. I got him to flip." And then <laughs> not LJ totally. To make not sure. totally. Just not so harsh. Just not so harsh. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. I think. Well, do you have anything else more, to add? One on? more little thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, have ahead. you guys heard? I think tomorrow we're going to get the first ever picture of a black hole. Have you heard about that? I only, I saw like the headline. No, tell tell me tell me more, please. So I, I don't know the exact details. I just heard about it. I think like two days ago. But every uh, image of a black hole you've ever seen has been just a drawing, right? Well, uh, right. We are, I think, getting one of our uh, extra um, solar system satellites flying by a black hole at a, a pretty decent angle, or it already happened, I think. And they're going to release the findings tomorrow, and we will see the first ever recorded pictures of a black hole. And so I am so excited about that because 
every, everything about black holes is confusing. Like the way that light works around them, you're actually going wow. to be able to see the entire black hole within the black hole. Probably we, we don't even know. We actually, the people who have the picture know what it looks like, but like, we don't even know what it could look like. We're just assuming based on our own understanding of how it must work. And so like, there's like rings of light because the way that light travels around it, you're actually seeing the light from the backside of it because it curves because it's so damn heavy. Like it's, insane there's a video i want to share about like how to understand the picture that we're going to see and i'm just i'm super hyped about it i just can't wait to see it oh, well see yeah that. just to wow. piggyback cool. off that just i'm gonna real quick so apparently combined like a bunch of scientists early wednesday morning by the time you hear this it, it probably has already happened and we don't know what the scientists don't even know what exactly they're going to see but the telescope created a virtual telescope the telescopes together create a virtual telescope as big as the earth itself that's power powerful enough to capture enough data from the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy. Yeah. And then it's unclear exactly what we will see as a collaboration is aptly named the Event Horizon Telescope is not releasing any details ahead of the announcement. But if all goes according to plan, the black hole images will hopefully shed light on the nature of black holes and how they are shaped. And it'll be the first time we've ever seen one in a picture. That is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Hell. I didn't even know yeah. that. I can't and now we got something now. to react to next week. Yeah. Come back and we'll talk about what the hell we... Maybe yeah. we may or may not know anything else about a black hole, but we'll have a, a, a picture of it. Oh so. man, the most exciting thing is what if we see it and it's not what we expect? Like that might may change the entire understanding of physics just based on what this picture looks like. I just can't wait. Or it might look normal. Like, like what one we of the scientists even and, and uh, everything's confirmed. A scientist at the University of Arizona said by taking this picture very very close at the event horizon, depending on what it, we get gather from it, it, we can start exploring our theories of what happens when matter gets put into a black hole. I mean, there this could be like groundbreaking this is this is fascinating no it is well i'm glad you added that little tidbit now now i'm gonna spend the rest of my night listening to tenacious d while i read about black holes so (laughs) it's gonna be a wild wild tuesday (laughs) night for your boy yeah i'm gonna post a video i'll send it to you guys here in a bit about like it's just like a nine minute video on like what to expect in this picture and it's it's a it's just a guy talking with a little bit of props but like it's really fantastic it's really fascinating Sweet. It's really neat. Yeah. Well, all right. That'll wrap us up for another episode of the Just Press Play podcast. By the way, if you haven't already, go make sure you're subscribed to us or go check us out on our website. Uh, rate it, rate and review us. And if you haven't got a chance at some point over the next few weeks, like th- these things are timeless. Go 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 listen to either how smart or dumb we are on our Game of Thrones stuff, and leave us like leave us a comment either on the site on our show notes or through our podcast on on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get them. And uh, they they were a whole lot of fun to do. I hope they were fun for anyone to listen to. Uh, I we can't wait for Game of Thrones to start. Hell, talk if if you think the the Auburn loss was worse than if you got some thoughts on that basketball. If you think the Auburn loss is worse than the Saints, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, Jacob Green, we're 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 warming up your seat. We're saving your seat for you because you won the JPP pod. So all right, well that'll do it. Uh, we'll catch you again next week. We'll 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 maybe be a little more learned on some black holes and and and, uh, and tenacious D and and who knows what else we'll be talking about. It'll be another fun week. So yeah, for a, a a big week of the JPP pod. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Now, look, my problem is, so we don't have, we don't have a hammer drill, so we can't go through all, all the problems. <laughs> all your problems. My, my current problem, my current problem is that my charger is the wrong voltage, so it sends too much electricity through all of my stuff. So I basically can't charge and do things at the same time. It's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. It, yeah, that's what happens when you get some black market chargers, because they only want to pay $20 instead of Speaking of the black market, did you know that the Komodo Island's going to have to close off the tourists because people keep stealing Komodo freaking dragons? They're like 10-foot-long lizards. No.
How do you steal the tickets? That's the question. What do you do to steal? How do you steal? They sell for like 35 G's at least on the black market because they have like some venom. It's really poisonous. And they're just kind of badass. Badass lizards. But I guess I could save this. That might be a segment sometime. Oh, hell, where do you keep a 10 foot lizard? I mean, you'd have to have. Like, if you're paying $35,000 for a lizard, you probably got some like extra rooms in the field to have. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.